What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Ball to Ball podcast, streaming only on Spotify and Anchor. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode. Today, we're talking about the NBA playoffs. For some teams, they still got a chance. For some other teams, it might be already over. <laughs> Let's get into it. We're about two to three games in to the NBA playoffs. And for a couple of these teams, series are already over. If we look at series like the Heat and the Hawks, that's 2 nothing Heat. It looks like the Hawks don't have a chance. Trey Young is averaging about 11, 12 points. They, the Hawks aren't coming back from that. You got the Warriors and Nuggets. They got the, the Nuggets have the reigning MVP on their team. And somehow, they're arguably the worst team in this playoffs. <laughs> the Warriors put up 70 points. 70 in 18 minutes in game two. I if you think the Nuggets are getting a game, I don't care if they're at I don't care if they're in Golden State. <clears throat> I don't care if they're in Denver. This might be a sweep. I'm predicting a sweep. I don't see them winning a game. Uh the 76ers and Raptors. That that series. I had the Sixers winning in five. Maybe six, but when Scotty Barnes went down in game two, I kind of figured, you know, this series was over. Last night was a really good game, too, because it looked like the Raptors were finally going to steal one. And then the 76ers just kept coming back like every two minutes and somehow forced overtime. Then in overtime with 0.7 seconds left, Joel Embiid hits a game winning three from the corner. I saw I saw some jokes online about, you know, setting up a, a play for your center to hit a three to win a game. All I can say is if you're setting up if you're having your point guard and your power forward screening for your center, he better make that three. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. But, you know, he did. My pick to win MVP. He played like he should have. And the Sixers go up three nothing. Most likely gonna be a sweep. Staying in Toronto, I believe the next game is, I think, it's either Saturday or Friday. I want to say Friday. And then I think tonight we got game three for the uh, Memphis and Minnesota game. I feel like Minnesota got the, they got the better of, um, they got the better of Memphis in game one. It is It looked like Memphis was just taking the Timberwolves too lightly in game one. And it cost them. And surprisingly, the Timberwolves stole game one. And then game two, you know, the Grizzlies looked how they should have looked. And they uh, they beat this they beat the Timberwolves by like twenty. But John Moran had a great game. Desmond Bain had a great game. The usuals. Uh John Moran got hurt in the fourth quarter, I believe. It wasn't none too serious. He just, you know, knee the thigh kind of thing. No thigh contusion, no none of that. So he's fine. He's playing tonight. Also, the Jazz and Mavericks. I always tell people, the Jazz are not a threat during the playoffs. <laughs> and if you don't believe me, they're proving it now. There is no Luka Doncic. It's just, it's nobody on the Mavericks teams that can really take over a game. But the Jazz are allowing the Mavericks to take over. Like Jalen Brunson, I love Jalen Brunson. He's a really good player. But 41 points, that's kind of crazy. And then I think the report just came out 
like an hour or two ago. Well, I don't know where you guys are going to be listening to this. So the report came out at like 2.30 or 3 o'clock that Luka was now a game time decision. If Luka comes back in this series this early, the Jazz won't win another game. Because I'm not mistaken, I think they beat they beat the Mavericks game one. I think it was 99-94. So you beat a Luka-less team by five points. And then in game two, you lose to them. So if Luka's there for those first two games, that's that's Dallas being up 2-0 easily. So I don't if, if Luka comes back tonight, I don't see the Jazz winning this series at all. And then you got the Bucks and Bulls. The Bucks and Bulls are like a, a really good, like, I don't know. It's weird. I feel like the Bucks should have won this in, I feel like they'll win this in five. But for what I've seen last night, if it feels like the Bulls really came to play last night. And it feels like, you know, game one, they just, they kind of got overwhelmed by Giannis and Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday and them being in the reigning champs. And, oh, how do we beat them? How do we? You know how do we how do we protect the paint from Giannis? I feel like game two they figured it out because at one point they were up like seventy three to fifty six. Like they they were they were beating them pretty bad, but the Bucks they, the Bucks came back a little bit. Well, ultimately, Demar Rosen's forty one points kind of saved that game. <laughs> it, it helped it helped them win game two, but also during that game, I believe Chris Middleton. I think the report also came out. I think sometime this morning. They said Chris Middleton sprained his MCL and he'll be out for three to five weeks. So that, if he's missing three to five weeks, that means Chris Middleton's going to be out for a month. So <clears throat> if Giannis and Drew Holiday and Brooke Lopez and everybody else can, if they can somehow, you know, get past Chicago without Chris Middleton, that second round is going to be kind of scary. Because in the second round, they're either playing the Nets or the Celtics. And as great as Giannis is and as good as Drew Holiday and Brooke Lopez are, you're probably going to need Chris Middleton to beat a team like Brooklyn or a team like Boston. So if if they can make it past this series, they got to do a lot of game planning for the next one. Next, we got the Pelicans and the Suns. I don't know. This, this is... I feel like this series got a lot more interesting now that Devin Booker's out for three to four weeks with that hamstring strain. Uh, if they had Devin Booker, I feel like they would they should have swept them. But the Pelicans did still game two. But after they stole game two, I was like, okay, that, that's just one game. Phoenix will get them in five. And then Devin Booker goes down with a hamstring strain. Won't come back till next month. And considering from what we saw from the Pelicans in Game 2, it kind of makes you wonder, do the Suns still have a chance to win this series? Because if the Pelicans, if they continue to play like they did in Game 2, and Brandon Ingram and C.J. McCollum, if they keep putting up the numbers they're putting up, they could potentially take this series to 7. But if I feel like, I feel like now, because we've always seen the Suns play you know, without Chris Paul. So it's just Devin Booker and Mikel Bridges and Jay Crowder and campaign starting. But I don't think we've ever seen this team in this kind of predicament with just Chris Paul playing. So now it's kind of like we we get to see 
maybe the chance for Chris Paul to show us how much of a leader he is and see if he can lead this team past this series and then, you know, deal with next series and deal with Devin Booker getting back from his hamstring injury and all that stuff. But if they if if they want Devin Booker to come back healthy next series, the best bet for them is to finish this in five. Get this over as quickly as possible. That way you got a longer break for the second round. You probably have, considering the other series in the West, even if you finish this off in five, now that I'm thinking about it, you probably won't have that much time off. Because if you look at Denver and the Warriors, that's 2-0 already. So if they get swept, you know, who, who if they get swept, that's that series is gonna start right away. So we'll see. But the best bet is to always get a series done as fast as you can. That way you get the longest break. That way any nicks and injuries you got, you heal them up instantly. I bet we'll see. Because the Pelicans have been playing really good. Even in game one, the first half of game one, they played decent. Then they kind of got off track, like, you know, the second half. And then game two, they bounced back to get the win. I feel like now it's a, it's a way more interesting series than it was, you know, six days ago when this started. And everybody was like, oh, the Pelicans were the 10th seed. They don't have a chance to, you know, at least get a game on the first seed. So this is a series I really want to talk about. It's the, <clears throat> the Boston Celtics and the Brooklyn Nets. And it's so crazy because when this series, before this series started, I had the Nets. Don't don't get mad at me. I had the Nets beating the Celtics in five. The, the Nets should not be a seven seed. They shouldn't have played in the play-in. They should probably be a top three seed. But due to injuries, due to Kyrie only playing 29 games a season because of the vaccine and stuff like that. Here they are at the seven seed playing the two seed. And I feel like I feel like the Nets have the exact same problem I do when it comes with the Celtics. Because if you remember last year, they played the Celtics. <clears throat> I think they played them last year in the first round. I thought that this was going to be the same situation. I thought this was the same exact team from last year. And I feel like Brooklyn thought the exact same thing. And the Celtics showed us differently. <laughs> Jason Tatum's playing better than he did last playoffs. Jalen Brown's playing better. Marcus Smart's defensive player of the year. And I feel like they're just taking they've taken Boston too lightly. Like I feel like game one, they were just, you know, going through the motions. But then you see Boston on the offensive end, the defensive end. They're just trying like five times harder than the Nets are. The only problem is the only reason the Nets came back is just because they have so much talent. And when when Brooklyn's down, you know, 15, 16, sometimes even 20 points. Katie and Kyrie are kind of be like, all right, it's kind of getting out of hand now. Let's do something about this. But if you look at if you look at game two, they had Boston down 17 points. It's just like, okay. You first of all, they started the game off nine nothing. Surprisingly, Bruce Brown was three for three, nine points with three rebounds. I think at one point he even got up to five for five with two threes. <laughs> And it's just like, 
You can't you can't take a team like Boston lightly or think or think this is the same team from last playoffs that you beat in five. You know, and it, it, I think yesterday or was it yeah yesterday, Katie and Kyrie combined for eight for thirty from the field. At halftime, they combined for two for eighteen. They can't like the best. To me, they're the best duo in the league currently. The best duo in the league can't combine for one or two shots in the first half. Let alone eight for 30 overall. Especially Kyrie coming off a 39-point game. And KD was coming off nine for 24 struggling. But somehow still managed to score 24 points. Just like in this game. Kevin Durant had... 27 points and somehow only made four shots. That makes no sense. <laughs> somebody somebody attempting 15, 16, 17 shots and only making four of them should not at all be having 27 points at the end of the at the end of the game. And every every game I watch from games 1 and 2 for some odd reason, Kevin Durant just looks nervous. Like, if you look at game one, he had six or seven turnovers. He was nine for 24. He was missing open shots. He was missing He was missing contested shots over smaller players that he usually makes. Okay, game one. It's just one game. They'll, they'll be okay. KD's never going to have a bad, a second or another bad game where he goes nine for 24, right? Then we get to game two. Only makes four for 17 shots. He's losing the ball just by dribbling. Like nobody's reaching. Nobody's putting his body on him. He's just doing a, a regular crossover and he's losing the ball. Or he's wide open and he's hesitating to put up a shot. Or for the second game in a row... Jason Tatum blocks his shot. There, I, I don't know what it is. And I'm not sure if we'll figure it out. But there is something wrong with Kevin Durant. I promise you there is. Because I've never seen KD have these two, these two bad game stretches like he's having. So I don't I don't know. But there there is something wrong with KD. Matter of fact, KD is almost looking as bad as he did in Thunderstruck. <laughs> and if you saw that <laughs> if you saw that movie, then you know how bad he is right now. That that's how that's how bad he looks. He looks nervous. Even Kyrie. I can't let Kyrie off the hook. You're coming off 39 points, an efficient 39 point night. And then you 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 go out in game two and do nothing for your team to win. He has to do better as well. But it seems like it seems like Kyrie and KD can't get going when the others help out. Like every time every time I've seen the Nets lose a game, Bruce Brown always has 20, 20 plus points. Could you imagine a game where Kyrie has forty, KD has at least an efficient thirty one points? And then Bruce Brown chips in with 18 to 21 points. 
if they and then you got Goran Dragic averaging at least 14 off the bench, there is no way the Nets should be losing this series or these games with those players averaging or putting up those kind of numbers. I believe game three is, I want to say Saturday. I don't know why they're getting special treatment because all their games have been like every other two days instead of every other day like everybody else. But if if Kevin Durant doesn't get it together, I know I had the I know I had the Nets winning in five. But if KD doesn't, you know, start playing like KD, I'm not even going to lie, people. This series might this series might be a sweep. If KD keep playing like this, this could be a sweep. If not over in five. And I, I can't believe that I'm saying that about a team that has Kyrie and KD on it, that they might get swept in the first round. I, I just, I don't know. I'm hoping they can get it together. Even for the Nuggets, like, I, I get it. You don't have Jamal Murray. You don't have MPJ. I understand. But you have the reigning MVP on your team. You can attempt to steal a game. You still got pieces around you that can help. But when you got players like Will Barton and DeMarcus Cousins fighting each other on the bench, do you think you're going to stop a team fighting each other while they're on the court putting up 70 points in 18 minutes? No. I will say this, though. After, after these first two to three games... My finals outlook has actually changed because I had the, I think I had the Nets and the Warriors in the finals. And then even I had the Nets and Suns as an alternative. But now I'm going to stick with the Warriors in the finals just because that, that 3G lineup with Jordan Poole at the, at the two and Steph at the one and then Clay at the three, Wiggins at the four and then Draymond at the five. It's just too lethal. You you can't do anything about that lineup, especially the Nuggets. If they, they that that same lineup put up seventy, that's the lineup that put up seventy in eighteen minutes. But I I don't see a team that can do anything about that lineup. Maybe the Suns because of Mikael Bridges and Jay Crowder and DeAndre Ayton, which is a big body, which is something the Warriors don't have. But I I don't see anybody stopping that lineup. Especially if you got three people putting up 28 plus. Nobody's stopping that. But I think for now I got. I want to say the Warriors. It's tough. Because even if. Even if Milwaukee makes it to the second round. Do they beat the Celtics? Do they beat the Nets? What about the 76ers? Do they have a chance to beat the Heat when they see them in the second round? Who knows? Maybe the Heat's still that series. I feel like the East is wide open, considering that Middleton's out. And then the Nets just, they're just not showing up. I'd say for now I have to go Milwaukee and Golden State. Probably Milwaukee and Golden State. 
And if they do see each other in the finals, I, I think I got the Warriors in six. I'll give the Bucks two games just because they got Giannis. But even that lineup, I don't I don't know if they'll be able to stop the 3G lineup with Jordan Poole, Clay, and Steph. I think the only way they'll benefit from that is just because they got a big body in Giannis, a big body in Brooke Lopez, and then you got a defending point guard in Drew Holiday. But we'll see. We'll see. As for tonight, we got the Grizzlies and Timberwolves coming on at 7.30. You got the Mavs and Jazz coming on at 9. And then we got the Warriors and Nuggets coming on at 10. <clears throat> I feel like everything's pretty pretty obvious. Got the Grizzlies taking game three. Got the Warriors going up 3-0. And then got the Mavericks taking the series 2-1. If Luka is playing. Because he is game time decision. If he's playing tonight... There's there's not a chance the Jazz is beating this or the Jazz is beating this Mavericks team again. But other than that, appreciate you guys for stopping by for another episode on Ball to Ball Podcast. Probably come at you guys again tomorrow with another episode on the recap of games three. So until then, thanks for stopping by. Peace. Also, before I go, I I think I might do the conference finals games. But for sure, the NBA Finals games, I'm going to be doing live podcast episodes. So they'll be going on YouTube, the live podcast episodes. And then either sometime this week or next week, <clears throat> I'll be posting a link to my main YouTube channel, which is where the live, um, the live podcast episodes will be. And then I'll keep you guys posted on the YouTube link. And if I'm doing the conference finals and the finals, or just the finals, but most likely I'll do both. Peace. <laughs>